Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this here, our first session of Bardic Quest. Uh, this is a show where British-trained actors tell fantastical, improvised stories through the medium of D&D. &D. Um, if you're new to Dungeons & Dragons, welcome. Uh, you're going to have quite a lot of fun, I think. And um, if you've been looking to get into Dungeons & Dragons, but don't have the time or a group to play with, then strap yourself in and enjoy the ride vicariously through us. Um, if, however, you are not new to Dungeons & Dragons, then please don't get hung up on the rules. Um, just enjoy the show. We're just going to have a good time and, and tell a good story. And of course, if you are familiar with any of the lore surrounding D&D, &D, again, please don't get hung up on that. We're going to be establishing our own canon. Um, we might you know, we might acknowledge some of the history around the lore of D&D, &D, but we might choose to completely ignore some of the other stuff as well. So just, again, just focus on having fun and enjoying the ride. Um, also, unlike a lot of Dungeons & Dragons shows that you might have seen, we won't be releasing our entire D&D &D session in one go. We're going to be chopping it down to 30 to 45 minute episodes. Um, just so it's easier for you to consume and you don't have to carve out four hours of your life to keep up with us. So um, it should be a little bit easier for you in that respect. Um, so uh, with that out of the way, we have most of the cast here. We are missing a couple of people so they can remain enigmatic individuals for now. Um, but we have a few of the cast members with us for this first session. Um, I don't know, guys, if you want to be all cheesy and awkward about it and just do an introduction of yourself and just um, highlight uh, yourself and uh, your name and the name of your character as well. Well, hello everyone. My name is Isaac. Uh, I'm an actor. I'm based in the south of England and I'm going to be playing the dwarf cleric Thoric for this bardic quest. Exciting. Uh, who wants to go next? Hi, I'm Anina Kasky, and I'll be playing Saga, the human fighter. And I think that just leaves you. Just I. Hello, I'm James Bryan. I'm an actor and a writer from the north of England, and I shall be playing Sergei the Whaler Petrovich, who is a halfling bard. Exciting, 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 exciting. Okay. Um... Right. Uh, oh, before we um, get started, by the way, guys, I've kept a little secret from you. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Who would like to see our opening credit sequence? <gasps> totally. Yeah. Go for it. It's an opening credit <laughs> sequence. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hang on. Let me. I, I had meant to preload this, but I didn't. <clears throat> the uh, production value. <laughs> Well, I can't, I can't take I can't take full credit. There's a part of me that really wanted to be like sock puppets. <laughs> <laughs> have you been Have you been keeping an eye on what I've been doing? Your spare time, yeah, just spoiling the surprise. <laughs> okay, uh, right. I am going to share this with you then. Thank you. 
Oh, I love it. Ah! <laughs> so I good. Like I thought you'd like that. That's so good. That I can't. So I good. can hardly take any of the credit for that. There's a guy called James Webster who um, does who does animated um, artwork for D and D stuff. He has a Patreon, so I'll uh, put a link in the description and stuff for everybody to uh, support him. But he graciously, I've never met the guy. I sent him a message. Said I found your stuff. I want an opening credit sequence. Will you let me use your stuff? <laughs> he said, yes, of course. Just think to my Patreon. So Amazing. Uh, I edited that thank together. You James. Yes, thank, thank you, James. Thank you, James. Um, okay. I thought you'd like that. I deliberately kept that secret from you. Because... <laughs> that was a nice secret. Yes. <laughs> I, as a DM, I'm the sort of person that loves a good secret. So. <laughs> some are good, some are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <They were> terrifying. <laughs> okay, right. Welcome to the land of Faroon. The year is 1489 by Dale Reckoning. And on the roads of rivers of this land travel minstrels, peddlers, merchants, guards, soldiers, sailors, and of course, steel-hearted adventurers carrying tales of strange, glorious, faraway places. Good maps and clear trails can take even an inexperienced youth with dreams of glory far across the world. Thousands of restless would-be heroes from backcountry farmsteads and sleepy villages arrive in great cities every year in search of wealth and renown. Known roads may be well-traveled, but they aren't necessarily safe. Fell magic, deadly monsters, and cruel local rulers are all perils that you face when you travel these realms. Even farms and freeholds within a day's walk of a city can fall prey to monsters and no place is safe from the sudden wrath of a dragon. Our adventure takes place in the region known as the Sword Coast. Um, this is a region of adventure where daring souls delve into the wreckage of ancient strongholds and explore ruins of long lost cultures amid a wilderness of jagged, snow-capped peaks, alpine forests, lawlessness, and monsters. This coast holds the greatest bastions of civilization. You meet in a tavern. But this is not a tavern like any other. Based in the docks of the famed city of Neverwinter, this tavern was previously an infamous pirating vessel, now, now beached in its docking area. This is the tavern known as the Beached Leviathan, which has become a hotspot for drinking, gambling and business activity in the city of Neverwinter. Indeed, you are here because you have heard whispers and rumours that a dwarf named Gundren Rockseeker will be here tonight, seeking the services of brave folk for some exciting work, and whatever your motives, it piqued your interest. You arrived at the beach of Leviathan and entered its hold under the watchful gaze of an enormous male half-orc bouncer. The weathered exterior of this retired sailing vessel concealed a magnificent interior, decorated in fine oak and cherry woodwork albeit well-scarred, you assume, from years of bar fights and drunken vandals. Old nautical lanterns and fishing nets decorate the walls amid the remains of amphibious skulls and the carapaces of giant crabs. 
Tables and chairs adorn the left-hand side of the hold as you enter, with large tables being situated at the back near the bow of the old ship. The right-hand side of the hold is dominated by the bar, which is being tended by four female humans, one middle-aged and the others much younger. The tavern is lively tonight, full of dwarves and humans and a handful of other common races of people that you might expect, as well as a few of the less familiar, such as the large reptilian man playing a flute to the punters. Would you all like to take a moment to describe your character and what they are currently doing in the tavern before we go full hog into what you might do next? Um, well, Thoric is a mountain dwarf. He's uh, roughly about middle-aged for a dwarf, so nearly in his sort of second century. He's got a great black shaggy massive hair which he ties up in a big top knot on the back of his head. He's got this great badger beard which has got stripes of black and silver through it. Um, he's wearing quite simple garb um, but a few adornments. So he's wearing basically a, a tunic of kind of like rough, uh, like dark leather, like a sort of gambeson over his uh, over his chain mail. Um, not poor, but certainly not richly oriented. Um, probably a few notable things. He has quite a lot of silver rings in his ears. Um, he also has, you know, like those kind of uh, double sort of almost knuckle duster rings between two fingers engraved with dwarven symbols across his uh, across his knuckles. On his hip, he has a large warhammer, simple but definitely heavy looking. Um, probably the most uh, fine thing he carries is a very large circular dwarven shield with runes set around the edge and two interlinked um, silver rings uh free sort of falling on the front of the uh on the front of the shield itself that kind of like clink and rattle as he moves it uh he's probably by the bar um just holding probably like a, a two pint tankard of uh good ale which he's knocking back far too easily you see his sort of scarred uh, and calloused hands from years of work uh, and he's just sort of surveying the room just taking it in quite quietly. He's quite happy where he is. Just plunks <laughs> uh, it down and continues to survey everything around him. Okay. Who's next? Oh, um, <laughs> Saga walks in. She is about five foot seven um, human. Um, got long blonde hair that's braided up in a very in intricate braids off her face and then falls at the back and on her face you see sort of tribal-esque black makeup almost war paint-esque she definitely wants to look threatening rather than attractive um and she's wearing different shades of brown very again sort of has a slight tribal feel to it everything's well kept but kind of mishmashed so some pieces are seem very expensive and very sought after and then some are really plain so she's got a cape over her chain mail and loads of 
leather straps holding everything in. But she has this really fine cloak with a really, really nice, obviously expensive um, fur trim. And it really does, nothing really goes together. Nothing suits. She's heavily armored, really long, uh, long sword on her war hammer. And she has a very severe expression um, on her face. She's early 30s. Um, so she looks kind of both young and old at the same time. So she's got really, really big eyes, but she does look like she's seen a lot. So it might be hard to place her age, but just for the audience, she is 32. And she she's uncomfortable with so many people in her room, but she goes <laughs> to the bar. She goes to the bar towards the ladies um, and just asks for a, asks for a mead. Very good. Which leaves you, Mr. James. Ah, Sergi. <laughs> uh, Sergi is a uh, halfling. Uh, he's not looking very uh, good for himself. He's obviously rather small, uh, standing just, just under three foot. Uh, just maybe a bit over that. Uh, he's got a little red cap on. It's floppy uh, and it kind of covers his windswept and shaggy light brown uh, matted hair. Uh, he's got a weathered face, uh, scars across his kind of chin and, and around his lips area. Uh, a very mean looking face as well. Um, and he's uh, he's kind of wearing this like old loose uh, tunic-y style thing, uh, which is kind of patted down by bits of leather armor. Um, and he's got some boots on, but they appear to be missing uh, where the toes are and his like very hairy toes are poking out uh, as he comes flolloping in, uh, covered in sand, uh, slightly drenched from water, uh, very out of breath, uh, not quite sure, uh, not quite fitting in, I suppose, kind of a bit, uh, not quite there, looking around, very panicked would be the word. Uh, on his back, he's got his little backpack and he carries a loot in there as well, a tiny little loot um, with a rapier, a tiny rapier down by his side as well. And I suppose you would come in uh, and quickly try and find a big crowd of people and disperse and hide amongst them with urgency. Oh, nice. <clears throat> okay. Um, so as I mentioned, you're here to uh, because you've heard word that this Gundren Rock Seeker is going to be um, who's a, a dwarf is going to be um, seeking adventurers for work. Um, is there anything that you'd like to do in particular um, upon your arrival to the to the beach Leviathan? Or are you all going to mind your own business for the time being? You say we knew what race this Gundra Rockseeker was? Yes. Yes, he's a dwarf. Okay. Can I look around for any dwarfs <laughs> sure yeah um you do see there is a uh quite conveniently actually stood right next to saga at the bar propping up the bar quite a uh, hunched over dwarf sat at the bar with a, a pet monkey um on his shoulder and uh he's sat drinking some wine um Saga, you will have seen him as well. Mm. It's definitely not his first wine that he's been um, 
been drinking. Um, but that is that is the dwarf that stands out from the crowd for you there, James. Do so, I recognize him? The sub uh, recognize him? Not unless you've frequented the Beach Leviathan before. No, but I would have met Gundren before. So this is not Gundren. This is not Gundren. Okay. okay. Hmm. Could I? I am. I'm distracted by the little monkey. <laughs> of, but I think of Saga kind of tries to like, like maybe tempt it with a little piece of bread. <laughs> and then monkey obliges, of course. Yeah. Food is very welcome in a monkey's belly, even a more human monkey's. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so he stands out to you, Sergi, as uh, as a. Certainly a character um, mm. in amongst the, the dwarves that are here. Um, the rest I kind seem... of approach and linger nearby, trying to eavesdrop on anything that's going on around this dwarf. Sure. Uh, yeah, okay. So you kind of loiter. Are you are you going to loiter very close to him, like prop up the bar? Or yeah, I think gonna... Sergi tries to loiter secretly, but it does actually stands out with a certain smell. He probably doesn't smell very well. Uh, <laughs> probably lingers a little too close to him, maybe. What does he smell of? Um, he smells of uh, whelks and oysters and uh, <laughs> what else could he smell of? Fire, like the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit of mold and moisture and damp. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't smell great really. BO. Mm, fish mm, and yummy. Mm. Fish and BO. <laughs> Yum. And what about Thoric? What's Thoric going to do? Well, he's probably had quite a busy day. Uh he's been um volunteering in the in the hospitals in the city, just kind of he came out to try and make use of himself. He was sick of the politics of his hometown. So he's probably had a hard day pulling arrows, setting bones, and uh, just generally dealing with uh, the sick and sickly mm-hmm. of the city. Uh, so he's probably just quite enjoying being, having a beer after a hard day's work. He's uh, definitely a kind of work hard, play hard kind of guy. So, you know, maybe kind of, politely catching people's eyes sort of watching maybe card games going on and Mm -hmm. maybe just sort of watching a a game go on maybe making sure everyone's playing fairly by the rules Uh of the game (laughs) (laughs) because he will say something if they're not right (laughs) (laughs) but of course um so sergi um you loiter around this um this drunken looking dwarf um, he mainly mumbles to himself and to his monkey, who you think, from what you overhear, the monkey's name you suspect may just simply be Monkey. Um, Clever. Because he doesn't seem to refer it to any refer to it as anything but Monkey, um, if he refers to it at all, um, in amongst his drunken ramblings. Um, but you don't really pick up on anything of significance that he's saying, more kind of complaining about things that don't really make much sense to you, but he doesn't seem to be overly happy uh, at Mm. all. Okay. I'm gonna 
Can I, can I just approach him and ask if he is Gundren Rockseeker? <laughs> okay, sure. Hello, uh, are you uh, Mr. Rockseeker? Uh? Never mind, and I'll back away. <laughs> he kind of gives you a long stare. You're not sure if he's staring at you or at your shoulder. Maybe a little bit of fluff that might be on your shoulder. There's a lot of stuff that's uh, just lying on long, me. Long look. I would like to stare back. Okay. <laughs> For any particular reason? Uh, just, just maybe suss him out. Sergi just... mistakes. This is a little staring contest between the two. Okay. He he kind of stares more. His eyes glazing over more and more the longer that this staring contest goes on for. And then he kind of mumbles to himself. And then just almost as if still looking at you, turns and just looks into his wine with exactly the same expression that he was looking at you with. Hmm. Probably not Rockseeker. <laughs> so Saga would have no seen this staring competition mm -hmm. and gone. How do you know Gundring, Halfling? The Bunzu is asking. Well, I'm asking right here in front of you. And you would be Saga. Uh, Sergi. Sounds similar. How do you know Gundren? I do not uh, do not necessarily know this man, but uh, I am in need of work and urgently. Mm. Curious. I thought this was a solo mission. I uh, I thought it might have been also, but it is pleasure to make your acquaintance. Um. You as well. May I get you a drink? I'm fine, thank you. Very um, good. I haven't seen Gondrin yet. Hopefully he can answer some questions. No, so. Do you know who we are looking for? Yes. Okay, good. Because I have absolutely no idea. Oh, I'll point him out when I see him. That is good. Uh, what do you recommend? Are there any good drinks here? The maid is fine. Um, could you help me up the stool, please? Um, okay. And she kind of just grabs him by the scruff of the neck and goes, Doof. Thank you. Very much appreciated. <laughs> and then she wipes her hand on her, on her cloak. Yes. <laughs> Can't tell if it's a wet or B.O. <laughs> Excuse me, could I have uh, one mead, please? And uh, one of the um, the young barmaids <clears throat> kind of she kind of almost runs over with excitement to serve you and then kind of hits a wall of smell and uh, <laughs> kind of she nods politely and then goes and, and, and sorts out some mead for you. Um, returning a few seconds later and kind of putting it on the bar, but kind of trying to put it on the bar with keeping as much distance between herself and you um, and just backing away quite quickly. They have um, very fast service here. 
I would like to drink the mead, please, while also kind of looking over my shoulder towards the door. Okay. So you you pick up your your um, tankard of, of mead, and you, just as you put it to your lips, the door is kicked open by an unusually jubilant dwarf sporting a great big bushy brown beard who announces... A round of drinks for everyone! And then the dwarf just strolls over to the bar, um, just a little bit further down from you, and produces the largest ruby you've ever seen, and slams it down onto the bar, almost as a form of payment. And then the tavern erupts with cheers, and people rush over, and um, following quite quietly behind the dwarf is a stern... Um, human male probably in his 50s with an enormous broadsword clearly not a man to be to be trifled with and he you kind of catch him roll his eyes at the exorbitant behavior of his uh, comrade but silently stands guard without really saying anything and then uh, once he slams the the ruby down and the cheers have calmed down the dwarf bellows I'm looking for stalwart men and women to share an adventure, guiding my caravan south along the high road to the sun-swept foothills of the Sword Mountains. Ten gold to a man. For all those who brave hearts and good character, may fortune be ever in your future. And then he kind of turns and necks a, a thing of beer and kind of goes about his... Um, his evening waiting really for people to approach and, and sign up. Oh, this is Gundren. Is this your man? Uh, yes, it is Gundren. Yes, yes, that's him. Good. I'd like to hop down and head straight over to him. Just as you hop down from your stool, the door bursts open again. Um, this time a middle-aged human man covered from head to toe in muck and smelling not too dissimilar to you, Sergey, actually. Um, oh, shit. And he kicks in the door and yells, I need ten blokes to help me shovel some shit out of the mosquito-infested swamp north of the town. The pay is five silver a day. And he kind of walks in with the same gusto, but with much different reaction. <laughs> So Saga slowly sort of walks towards Gundren, kind of expectantly being like, well, <laughs> the expression is, well, I'm here, but she doesn't say anything. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> um, Thoric, what were you going to do? Uh, just sort of like watching this display, he kind of uh, sips his beer and just kind of goes, huh, uh, figures. And uh, he hops down from his uh, stool hefts his shield over his shoulder and also starts heading towards this very loud Gundren Rockseeker. <laughs> so you you all kind of converge on Gundren very quickly. Um, he's, uh, whilst he's very excited at the prospects of his job, he's, he's almost taken aback by the speed at which he's quickly surrounded by you three strange, unusual-looking characters. And... Um, he kind of looks at you and he goes, uh, 
Well met, friends. Uh, you can pour out that watery swill that you're drinking. Uh, a round of proper drove and stout for you guys, I think. And he kind of beckons one of the uh, the barmaids over. And he says, uh, I'm declaring this a celebration. Well, very kind of you. What are we celebrating? He takes a moment and he he... he you kind of see the excitement almost get the better of him um, before he kind of stops himself. And he says, ah, well, you almost got me there, but I'm not going to talk about it here. There's too many eyes, uh, too many ears, sorry, uh, about if you can catch my meaning. Um, but suffice it to say that if business goes down well in Fandolin, then uh, there'll be so much gold to go around, you'll be wetting your short clothes. Well... That does sound interesting. Where shall we go then? Uh, I beg your pardon? You said not to talk here. So shall we go somewhere where we can talk? Well, <clears throat> well, let me let me ask you a few things first. Um, what is it exactly that uh, brings you to, all the way to, to Neverwinter? I wanted to try something new. And as you know, I'm a very good fighter. Oh, <laughs> well, if your reputation does indeed precede you, then yes. I find myself a bit short on money. That's all. Ah, oh, well, there'll be plenty of that to go around. If all goes well, of course. And uh, what about you, halfling man? Oh, hello. What brings you here? I just need money. <laughs> ah, figures. And uh, what about you, kinsman? Well, <clears throat> I found I was uh, getting a bit too comfortable, a bit too soft in the middle, sitting around listening to the politics in Mirabar. So... I asked leave of my high priestess to come and make use of myself out into the road. And, uh, well, for now I'll be following where my feet take me. Sounds as good a place as any to be here. Priestess? Aye, I'm, uh, follow the great dwarven mother Berenar True Silver, the uh, dwarven goddess. I'm a Feanor or cleric as you say in this tongue. Ah, not met many magic users in my time. Or oh, well, holy people. <laughs> Less of the holy. I like to think I just have these two hands and try to do what I can. You look like you can uh, handle yourself pretty well. Hmm. I've made it this far. And um, sorry, what... Uh, Thoric sort of sensitive to uh, poison and disease knows. Does someone has someone had a limb go gangrenous or something? What is that smell? I think so, that's the man who just walked in. He smells quite bad. Uh, Thoric kind of looks and says, ah. And um, sniffs a little bit more and gets the gist of where it may be coming from. Says, well, it's... Uh, Nice to smell you, meet you as well. Uh, it is nice to meet you too. I am Sergi. Thoric. <laughs> Raise my 
hand <laughs> while also opening my armpit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> A massive, like, dwarven uh, fist, like, just moves your knuckles around in your hand as he as he grips very strongly. You have very firm grip. I've been told. And you? What do uh, they call you? Uh, saga. Old Miss Saga. You as well? He offers a, he offers a, a hand to Saga. She takes it. Come. And uh, probably feels the... <laughs> So um, Gundren is kind of watching this exchange between you with, with great interest, and he says, um, "So, Saga, we, as we know, you are renowned for your fighting abilities, which may come in useful. You never know. Um, and uh, Thoric, you're, you are a priest. Hey, well." I like to think of myself as more of a, a chaplain of the cause, uh, a simple healer. I, uh, ah, I like see. like to think that uh, the goddess moves through me, but I can also stitch a wound and brace a bum leg. Well, that that'll also be very very useful. Uh, and and you, uh, sorry, your name was uh, Sergi. Yes, Sergi. Uh, what exactly, what skills do you bring to the table exactly? Uh, believe it or not, I can sing very good lullaby. Right. And if all else fails, the chemical warfare is potent. I do not understand any of that sentence you said, but I agree. So you could act almost as a repellent. I suppose, from nasty beasties. Yes, many beasties run away from me. Yes, I could understand that. You are quite intimidating. Yes. So, um, so listen up. Right, so me and uh, Sildar here, and he points over to the man with the broadsword in his 50s, uh, we are going to be leaving for Fandolin in the morning. We've got some business down there that's a that's a might urgent um an associate of mine is putting together a cartload of supplies that we'll be needing but the uh, the cart won't be ready until the day after tomorrow so um what do you say to bringing it down to fandolin for us and and you know of course i'll make it worth your while 10 gold for for, for each of you for for the trouble Sure, sounds easy. And uh, if I might ask, what are these? Um, what business do you have in Fandolin? Well, as I said, I, I don't really want to talk about it here because so many ears about and um, and whatnot. Um, but um, suffice it to say that once we meet in Fandolin, we'll be able to explain a hell of a lot more um, as to what's going on and um, and. There might be, well, I should think most definitely there'll be some more work in it for you once we get down there. It's about three days' travel from here, I'd say. Sounds fine by me. 
I'm uh, certainly not busy currently, and I'd like to be busier. Idle hands and all that. Well, quite right. And um, Saga, does this sound up your street? Well, I'll escort you to Thandalin, but I'm not promising I'll join in anything further than that. I think that's if... fair. I think we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure I'm sure once you hear what we're working on, you'll be very excited to, mm. to get involved. And um, Sergei. Yes. Um, I am, uh, I'm not one for pulling carts. I'm not, uh, not a land folk, but I'll definitely help as uh, best I can. Right, well, that's that's very good. Uh, right, so um, if we, as I say, we'll head off tomorrow morning, and um, if we meet you in Fandolin in about three or four days' time, and uh, we'll pay you then, and uh, we'll discuss further business arrangements after that. Sound good? Sounds sure. fair to me. Whereabouts in Fandolin shall we find you? Ah, well, uh, if you um, meet me at uh, Barthen's Provisions, there's a chap there who uh, I've got an agreement with and he'll take in the supplies. You're going to need to meet um, with a friend of mine called Milo Goodbarrel in the uh, Seven Sons Costa Market here in Neverwinter in a, a couple of days' time. Um, He's putting together the cart provisions for you. Um, well, for me, uh, but for you. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's putting that together, and uh, he'll give you a couple of oxen as well to, to send the cart on its way. And um, and yes, we'll meet you at, at Barthen's Provisions in, in Fandolin. All being at, well. At the Seven, what was it again, sorry? The Seven Sons Coster Market. Very easy to find. Just ask a few people if you've not been before, they'll point you in the right direction. Right. And we go there in a few days, yes? The day after tomorrow. Right. Day after tomorrow. So meet Milo tomorrow? No, the day after tomorrow. We'll be going to Fandolin tomorrow. You meet him the day after tomorrow. And then you make your way down. We'll meet you at Fandolin in three or four days' time. (laughs) That's what I said. That's what I thought you said. I just... Thought I'd make sure. Hey, Thorik's just kind of waving a hand slightly <laughs> impatiently, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how old is uh, how old is Gundren? Um, Gundren is, uh, I mean, he's a young dwarf in the sense of you know on the cusp of mid- being middle aged, so classified as young adult, but you know, fast Thorik's from prob- middle aged. Thorik's probably a bit older than him, and therefore is doing that thing like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Calm down, young pup. <laughs> <All> right, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, Gundren kind of necks his drink. Sildar necks his drink. And he says, uh, right, plenty to do. Uh, we shall see you in a few days' time in uh, Fandolin. Do send my regards to Milo, of course. Of course. We shall see you then. And he, uh, he strolls off out of the... Out of the... Uh, the tavern very pleased with his business arrangement with you and feeling very very confident um as to the prospects in his future he certainly likes to uh splash his cash doesn't he 
Hmm. Yes. Far too flashy for my liking, but... What was that he put on the uh, on the counter? Was that big big gemstone or something? I didn't see. A ruby, I think. Hmm. Must be well. pretty big if he uh, if he is hiring us and he already has so much money. Absolutely. Well, if you're after money, son, then uh, I think you're certainly going to find it with him. Um, maybe money, maybe just uh, need a free ticket out of this uh, shithole. There's worse places than this. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> uh, and why are you wanting to get out of town so quickly, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, why are you asking so many questions? Well, we're going to be on the road for the next few days. Might as well get to know each other. Yeah, maybe I should tell you in a few days over a over a song by a campfire. Very well. Probably on that note, for now I should probably make haste. I've spent far too long in the same place. So I'll see you in a couple of days. Um, on the run, are we? I uh, I have never met the man on the run. Uh, he's a strange man. A strange fellow. You shall see you very soon. <clears throat> kind of stretches, uh, <laughs> tries to really play it off. Ugh, yes, sir. Crazy times, crazy times. And uh, I'd like to kind of <laughs> saunter out of the building while also looking rather sheepish. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you head off out. Saga, Thoric, anything you'd like to do? Do they have rooms in this place or? They do, uh, limited, but yes, they do. Okay. Yeah, I'll just, she'll ask for a room. Okay. Stay there for the night. Okay, a room would cost you... Mmm. Oh, God. (laughs) How much do I have the money? (laughs) About... Uh... That's going to cost you for the night five silver. Okay, that's fine. Um, yep, I'll pay that. I I just give over a gold coin. That's, that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling flash. That's all I have. Unless they uh, give me yeah, change. So, yeah. So uh, they give you. They take the gold coin. Give it a good good look over um and then they harm you with five silver and and also a key to a room um upstairs mm. uh through the, to reach it there's a staircase that goes almost up and around the what mm. would have been the mast of the pirate ship um taking you to another another floor mm. um where there's lodging and and uh, small rooms um only about uh 15 by 15 rooms with little beds and a, and a desk and a, a small circular window looking out onto the, the Docklands um, for, for your little modest little room. Okay. Well, before she does this, she goes to Thoric and says, he's a curious halfling. 
Uh, curious would be uh, <clears throat> certainly a word for it. I hope he's not going to cause us more trouble than anything else. Well, old dwarf saying, where there's gold, there's trouble. And uh, if it's gold he's after, then it's certainly trouble he'll find. I think you might be right in saying that he could be running from something or someone, possibly. Hmm. He's, he's not exactly subtle. No. Definitely not. Well, I, uh, I might be continuing some more work around the uh, city if you need to find me. I'll, uh, Wayne, I have, as one of my background features, the hmm. Shelter of the Faithful, where yes. as an acolyte I can stay with people of my faith or similar. Um, is that possible in this city? Like, regardless of whether they're the exact sort of, like, deity... He is a cleric of light, mm. so I would assume that possibly similar pantheons might be might be in the city that he can lend oh, yeah. assistance to. Yes, there would most definitely be. Most definitely be. This is a, a very big, very well-known city, so there will be some um, some god or goddess that at least covers the sort of domain that, that you'd yeah. be looking to, to assist. So cool. you'd be... In terms of your shelter and whatnot, I think you'd be perfectly, yeah. perfectly adequate to find somewhere within the city. I'll, I'll pass that on to Saga then and say you'll like to find me around the uh, the religious district, as it were, or uh, in some chapel or some hovel. If you need to find me before then, if not, I'll meet you. Uh, I'll meet you in the market. I'll meet you in the market. Are you staying here? Yes. Yes, I am. Well, uh, rest well, and uh, I'll see you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed then. I see you tomorrow. She's very uncomfortable, <laughs> from what you can tell from a uh, severe he face. She is uncomfortable and in her ease. He takes another sip and goes, "Ah, no, the day after tomorrow, huh?" Uh-huh. Of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and she she takes this moment to leave and as she's going up to her room she makes sure that no one's following her mm. she's obviously in very paranoid yes Looking you'll be pleased to know there is nobody following her mm. um i think she's more intimidating than she is necessarily yeah. uh yeah you know <laughs> one to <Yeah>. stalk <laughs> but still um, she's uh, she's paranoid <laughs> <laughs> so Saga, you go up to your room for the evening. Um Sergey, you find whatever kind of alcove you can within the city to uh hide and, and, and rest up. And um and Thoric, you go in search of a, a local temple that will shelter you for the evening in exchange for some services and some, some help. Um so you all retire for the night, ready for your oncoming adventure mm. the day after tomorrow. <laughs>